Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 97, Take Back Your Power. It's February 24th, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, etc. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is very difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way, and my music is by Howie Moscovich. Take back your power. I used this phrase recently with someone who said, I have no idea what you mean by that phrase. So you might not know what I mean by that phrase either. I'm talking about your personal power, although this take back your power applies kind of everywhere in your life and can be very, very, very helpful. So it will become clearer as I go through a couple housekeeping items before we dive in. Number one, if you're new to my content, I hope you're going to visit my website to enter my current giveaway because that would make me happy. I know. Giving away things makes me happy. It really does. It's pretty cool. And that's www.lisaalundy.com. Next, housekeeping item. It's important for you to understand that I am not a medical professional, nor am I a therapist, and nothing I say in my podcasts, in my YouTube videos, on my website, in my book or in any capacity is intended to be medical or therapy advice. This is my disclaimer. You as a person should get medical or therapy advice from a licensed healthcare provider. If you're listening to this podcast and you're feeling hopeless, you are feeling suicidal, you are feeling that life is too hard for you, I am asking you to stop and make a phone call to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number again is 1-800-273-8255. I am asking you to tell people. I am asking you to talk about it. I am asking you to take the help that is available because there is an awful lot of help available. So that's that. My next housekeeping item is that for the deaf and hard of hearing community, I have finally, after months, months of wrangling, been able to get transcripts done for my podcasts. So on the rss.com hosting platform, within several hours to 24 hours, a podcast, a transcript will appear for each podcast that's new. Now, there are, are, there are already transcripts for all of my previous podcasts. And my podcasts are also on my website, and the transcripts will be also placed there as well. They're already there for the existing podcast. But I'm, I'm happy to let you know that although it took a very long time to figure out the logistics and how to make that happen, it's done. And we're tweaking the little aspects of it that we can. I'm also asking for your compassion as I work on speaking at a better, slower rate and work on my pronunciation for the transcripts to be more accurate. So I'm, I'm working on it, people. I'm a work in progress. So that takes care of the housekeeping item. So let's dive in. What do I mean by take back your power? Well, power, if we look at the definition of power, power is defined as the capacity or ability to act or do something effectively, a specific capacity, faculty, or aptitude. So that's the definition of power. For the purposes of this podcast, I'm going to give you a kind of the overall flavor of what I'm talking about. And some of you, this is brand new territory, so I want you to hang in there if you're thinking, what, what, is, 
what is she possibly talking about? So for the purposes of this podcast, what I mean when I say take back your power, I'm talking about where you are living a life where you are fully and completely in control of your life or most of it. You have freedom and power over your life. You are happy doing what you want or mostly what you want. That being said, I understand that we all have limitations. We all have circumstances. You might have a family you have to take care of. You might be a caregiver. You might have a special needs child or adult. You might have one or two jobs. I understand that you have circumstances and and things that have to be taken care of in your life. That's a given. But the idea is you're operating in life where you're in control and driving your life, which is you have this inner source of power. Now, I'm not talking about you taking power from other people. I'm talking about an intangible inner sense of power, like your source, your... I think, I think the examples as I go through will make it much more clear. So I'm not talking about a power grab where you're taking someone else's power. That's a scarcity mentality where if you have power, then I can't have any power. Because Stephen Covey used to talk about Stephen Covey is an author who wrote The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and he talked about creating a win-win-win situation where everybody wins, and that's what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about you taking back your power, I'm not talking about you taking it away from someone and creating a win-lose situation. I'm talking about you winning in life and you having... A sense of having your own power. Now, for some of you listening to this podcast, you've never lived a life where you had access to your own power, where you felt your own power, which is not your fault. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're listening to this podcast and you're one of the people where you've never felt powerful in your life and you don't feel powerful, that's not your fault. That's very, very likely traceable to a dysfunctional family. It could be also traceable to what we know statistically is up to 80% of youth are mistreated or bullied by their own siblings. So it could be a dysfunctional family which would incorporate being mistreated or bullied by a sibling. And it could be a lot of things. It could be low self-esteem. It could be so many things which I'll talk about later. But If you've never felt like you had power or control over your own life, this might be a new idea for you to explore because I'm telling you that if you don't feel like you've ever had power, and some people have not, they have led a life where they went from from high school or from college, either way, to a job, to getting married, and they've never been on their own, like, so they've never felt powerful and it could be because of how they were treated. So if that applies to you, you can actually get on a journey of personal growth and development which would be you taking back your power. You might never have felt like you ever had it, but it would be you growing and establishing your power or taking it back. Sometimes people lose their power because of an event a situation, a circumstance, a life challenge, that happens frequently. It's really a frequent occurrence, and I think the examples I'll be getting into will help you understand that. This happens all the time. So where do people lose their power? People lose their power everywhere. They lose their power at work. They lose their power at home. They even lose their power in friendships, in families, in relationships, in organizations, in clubs. Anywhere there are people, that represents an opportunity where you could have a loss of power. And certainly, death can be a big loss of power because most people aren't good at grief and grieving and loss is hard. So there's all kinds of events all kinds of situations and circumstances that can cause an individual to feel a loss of power. 
So I want to kind of give you overall general reasons why people lose their power before I get into some examples and some other things I think will be extremely helpful to you. So one reason people lose their power is they're not taking care of themselves. Self-care is extremely powerful. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel better. And sometimes because of how your life is set up, people skip over that self-care. And that's one reason they lose power. Low self-esteem, lack of boundaries, lack of assertiveness skills, lack of confidence in a particular area. That's separate from low self-esteem. So you might have a new job or a new thing you have to do, or you might be a new mother or a new father, or you might have, you know, a new situation and you might not have confidence. So I'm talking about confidence separate from low self-esteem. Domestic abuse is a huge loss of power. Narcissists, psychopaths, sociopaths, trauma, overthinking, brooding, excessive worrying, ruminating, catastrophizing. You may have never felt power, as I mentioned earlier. You, you, if you're being used or exploited in any way, there's a definite loss of power. If you're in a double bind situation, which can happen in a multitude of environments, although we frequently think of double bind as related to families, or if you're a scapegoat, family scapegoat or other scapegoat, there's a definite loss of power there. If you are overly concerned about what people think of you, that can result in a loss of power. Dysfunctional families often, often, often result in a loss of power. Mistreatment or bullying by siblings or anyone else. Life challenges, death, loss, grief, feeling unsafe, feeling trapped, feeling confused and unable to sort it out, lack of emotional skills, feeling afraid or scared, being stuck, which can happen for very good reasons, irrational thinking or cognitive distortion, people who are drilling holes in your boat, public humiliation and character assassination, power grabs and power struggles. That's 28 different kind of things or situations that can cause a small or a huge loss of power. I mean, domestic abuse is the best example of a complete loss of power, and I'll talk about that separately later on. But these are common things that happen in life that cause people to have a sense of losing their power. So there's situations, like I mentioned, or characteristics that I just covered, but there are problem people. Yes, I've decided that we're calling these people problem people because they are problem people. They, they often don't know they're problem people, by the way, which is part of the problem. But these kinds of personality types, types or these personas, if you will, are usually or frequently involved if you have a loss of power or in a loss of power situation. Power-hungry people, controlling people, narcissists, psychopaths, sociopaths, what I call brittle people, which I'm not going to define this po podcast, but you kind of get the, the hint of it from the name, people who think that the rules do not apply to them, insecure people, but not all insecure people, domineering people, people with little or no self-awareness, people who lack boundaries, haughty or arrogant people, judgmental or righteous people, people who use their emotions as a weapon or a battering ram, passive-aggressive people, bullies and abusers of any kind, people who use or exploit others, and people who have their own agenda. So that's 15 different kinds of personas or personality types, if you will, that are frequently involved when there's a loss of power. And, and they're, typically not the kind, they're typically not the best people. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you work with them, sometimes they're in your family, sometimes they're in your 
you know, your, your posse, that sometimes you can't really avoid certain types of people, but they're not, they're not the people like you run to and you love. They're, they're, their own lack of self-awareness is when they throw themselves under the bus. So I want to talk about emotions and loss of power. Because one of the big areas that causes people to lose power is their emotions. And even if you, even if you have high emotional intelligence, you're not immune from that either. So when you think about it, sometimes people get tanked because something bad happens or, you know, something didn't go their way. And that's, that's their emotions that really cause the tanking. However... That being said, there are certain times when something bad will happen and it's a painful process to deal with your emotions. So I want to give you, I'll give you an example without giving you too much information to figure out who I'm talking about. So some time ago, a group of, a group of people did something horrific to me. Now, this is not something I've ever talked about in my previous podcast, and I'm leaving out the specifics because I believe most people are good, and even good people make mistakes and do, you know, shameful things. So this group of people did some unspeakable things to me, which was painful, and I was also mortified, ashamed, and embarrassed that these people did that to me. Even though, like, I didn't force them to do it. I wasn't because I did something to them. You know, they did it on their own accord because of their own issues. And I was the target. But it caused a loss of power for me, even though I'm good with my emotions because I had... To, to sort it all out. I had to go through my emotions and process them that I was, you know, hurt. I was ashamed of them. I was embarrassed. It was, it was actually very mortifying what they did. And, and I had to, so I had this big loss of power. It was, it was very unspeakable. And uh, I had to take some time to process my emotions and kind of sort it all out. Then once I sorted it all out, which I, I did with the help of several people who I'm close enough with, I could say what happened. Because I do believe in, in giving people compassion. People make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. And I don't want to be, you know, cast out if I make a mistake. I want, I want forgiveness and compassion or at least the ability I can make a mistake. So I like to bring compassion to those around me. And, and their ability to make mistakes, even really terrible ones. So I got myself sorted out. So emotions, though, undistinguished, can be a huge loss of power. Huge, huge loss of power. In society, we typically aren't running, we're not tracking that society overall has a high level of emotional intelligence. So emotions are a big reason that people get stuck. They're a big reason people lose their power. They're a big reason that people get tanked. And it's helpful if you can get yourself sorted out. The other area, so emotions are probably the biggest or one of the biggest areas where people lose power. And they don't know that it's their emotions. And sometimes they know it's their emotions, but they don't know how to work through them. Another big area of, for loss of power is families. According to all reports, 70 to 96% of American families are dysfunctional, which makes that the norm. So the norm in America is dysfunctional families. What does that mean? That means mistreatment. That means something's very off. That probably means love and affection is missing. That very well could be, you know, sibling mistreatment and bullying. It could mean a lot of things. But one thing that it often leads to is low self-esteem. And 85%, according to all reports, up to 85% of society in the world has low self-esteem, that's a loss of power. 
You have low self-esteem. You're not feeling worthy. You're not feeling good about yourself. You're feeling unworthy. You're feeling less than. That's a loss of power right there. So families are a very, very large source of a loss of power. They're also a large source of treatment that allows young people to grow up and have problems later in life. Low self-esteem being one of them, addictions being another, suicide. There's all kinds of problems that we can trace back to a family of origin, a dysfunctional family, and or sibling mistreatment or bullying. So, and the other thing is some parents play favorites, which is terrible. That's a huge loss of power for the child who's not the favorite. But quite frankly, I've talked to adults who were the favorite and they had a loss of power too because they didn't feel good about that. So parents and their behavior, if you're the family scapegoat, that would be a huge loss of power because you can never do anything right and it's always your fault. So families are a great reason why people start out in life not having a sense of their own personal power. And if that's the reason why you've never felt powerful, there is something you can do about it, which would be to grow yourself personally, build new skills, learn new things, grow and develop, and that's you taking back your power. So families are a huge place that that happens now. It also happens a lot at work, in organizations, in clubs, in associations, in sports. It happens everywhere that there are people. I hate to break it to you. So when this happens, you know, you're going to have to make a decision about what you're going to do and, and how you're going to handle it. And I've talked in previous podcasts, particularly podcasts about drilling a hole in your boat, but some other podcasts about some really nasty things people have done to me. Public humiliation, character assassination, I've had it all, people. And I've handled them uh, very differently. So, you know, you'll have to kind of sort it out when it happens at work. Now, so to give you a work example, I was in sales for many years and I was in this one sales job that I was excelling in. Well, I did well in all my sales positions. That's why I stayed in sales. But I was doing really well and the loved the company. Everything was going great. I won the club award, you know, for success, high sales. And I got a new boss. So I had a travel day with my new boss. I took him to this major account. They were oh, like 20 times larger than any other account. They were ginormous. And the account just loved me and they just, you know, oozed praise. And it was just like, the, it was like the, the best sales call you could ever ask for if you were in sales. But then I went to lunch with my new boss and he basically nitpicked me to death and I figured out that he, for whatever reason, didn't want me working for him. So there was a huge, huge loss of power because here I had just taken him into the most perfect, amazing sales call. It was like a salesperson's dream call, like dream, 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 dream. And that wasn't good enough. For this new boss. So I talked to him, got, got the clear sense for whatever reason. He did not want me working in my job. Uh, I went home after taking him to the airport and I got in touch with my headhunters and within a week and a half I had a brand new job and I quit. I gave my notice. I think I gave my notice before I even had the new job. But at any rate, got a new job and that was that. I got my power back because why would I work for somebody who was going to nitpick me and not want me in the job. Like that's a huge loss of power if you're doing a great job and you're you're excelling and then you're not being treated well. That's a, in my opinion, that's a huge loss of power. So what was interesting was after it was announced that I was leaving or I had resigned, whichever, I started getting phone calls from other reps across the country who work for this guy who had a history of working for him. He he was my new boss, so I didn't have a history with him. Well, here it turns out that this particular sales manager, every year at the outset of the year, would pick a rep he was going to get rid of. That's how he did power. 
And I didn't know that because he was my new manager and nobody had given me the, you know, the scuttlebutt on him. So I'm talking to, you know, different reps that called and I was kind of horrified. Like some of them had been working for him for, you know, years and years and years. And they said, wow, you know, every, every January we're, we're all holding our breath thinking, oh, I hope it's not me this year. And I can't, and they said, I can't believe you quit. Your, your, your success is extraordinary. Like you couldn't be more successful and everybody loves you. And you could just, I said, why? Yeah, I am successful. Yes, I'm doing really well. But why would I work for somebody who's not going to treat me well? Why would I want to work for a man or a woman that doesn't respect me and honor me? And it was like a novel thought for these other reps. So I found out later, I said, you know, listen, you can work for somebody like that. That's your choice. I'm not going to work for somebody like that. I want to be valued. I want to be, I want to know that I have a great relationship with my boss and everything's good. That's important to me. So that's never going to happen with him. So yeah, I quit. Guess what happened? They all, they, most of them, not all of them, they're shortly thereafter found new jobs and left as well. So you can lose power at work in many different ways. I mean, that's kind of the extreme. I could give you another example, but we don't want this podcast to be too long. Um, but you know, you can take back your power. It depends on what happens. I mean, there was one work situation where I got called into the office and I didn't know why I was called into the office. I'm like, what am I doing here? Because, of course, I never get in trouble. I'm like, I'm not the troublemaker, nor do I cause trouble, nor do I get in trouble. So I was like, what am I doing here? Oh, it turned out someone was having a little drama and a fit. And I looked at the manager. I said, look, I am perfectly entitled to say no thank you to someone offering help to me at work when I don't need help. So if this is about the fact that I said no thank you to them for offering help that I didn't need, I said, this is your problem. This is the problem between you and them. I'm not involved. It's your deal. It's your problem. And and I left. And I did have to write it up, but, but they were clear. This wasn't my problem. Like, that was somebody trying to make a power grab and cause all kinds of problems. And, there, you know, you, so it's, it's very important that you understand that this can show up so many different ways. Oh my goodness, I could go on and on, but you get the idea. So when you have a loss of power, that, so we've talked about families, in relationships, in romantic relationships, and even in friendships, because people bring their own stuff to life. So if someone's bringing low self-esteem, that's the lens they look at life through. If they're bringing their insecurities, if they're bringing, you know, their narcissistic person, people are going to bring themselves to wherever you are. This happens all over. So when you have, so we're dealing with you. So when you have a loss of power, one thing that's very helpful to do is to look and see whether you're hiding something. To look and see, are you telling the truth? To look and see what are you not saying. Now, I did do a podcast about what are you not saying, because quite frankly, there's a lot of stuff in life we're not saying. But like the example I gave when I had this terrible thing happen to me, you know, it was my emotions that I had to process and really kind of get sorted out on to, to be able to take back my power. So, you know, you could be, say, for example, in a domestic abuse situation, which is very reasonable to hide, by the way. That's understandable to hide. Number one, it can be dangerous. And number two, if you can't just leave right away, sometimes it's best to keep it on the low down. But you could be you could be feeling ashamed or embarrassed about something that you did or something you said or something you didn't do or didn't say. Or, as I already said, you could be ashamed or embarrassed about something that was done to you. So, you know, it's helpful to look and see what's going on. Are you telling the truth? Are you hiding something? Is there something you would say if you had the assertiveness or the bravery or courage? You know, sometimes you have to talk it out and figure it out. And sometimes it will just come to you. Like I made a commitment on Tuesday this week, actually, 
that I wasn't going to do two things. I'm not going to say what the two things were, but, but I wasn't going to do two things. And for whatever reason, when I was saying them, I knew, like I knew my power was back and I wasn't going to do them. And I haven't done them and I'm not going to do them because my power is back and there's no tug to do them. There's no inclination to do them. I'm not sure exactly how it happened. And sometimes when you lose power, it will come back and you won't have figured it all out. But as long as you get your power back, do you really care? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, as long as I get my power back, I'm not particularly caring about it. So I want to give you some personal examples of situations where there's an instant of a loss of power and give you an idea of what it looks like to take back your power. So one example is I had surgery years ago and after the surgery, after recovery, they wheeled me onto the maternity floor. Now I didn't have a baby, I had surgery. So they're wheeling me on the gurney through the maternity ward and I'm saying to the woman pushing the cart, what are you doing? why am I here? And she's like, well, your room is on this floor. I said, oh no. She was like, oh yes. I said, oh no. She said, yes, your room is on this floor. I said, listen, I'm not getting off this gurney. I'm not staying on this floor. I don't care who I have to call. I, I am not going to stay on the maternity ward floor. She said something else. I said something else. And I said, look, I lost a baby in the past year. If you think I don't, I'm going to stay on this floor. you got another thing coming. I said, you can put me in the lobby. You can put me in the hallway of any other floor, but I will scream bloody murder before you are leaving me on this floor. And she went, okay. And then we got in the elevator and she took me down to another floor, left me, left me in the hallway, which I was quite all right about. But yeah, if I hadn't said everything I said, oh, there was no question. My room, post-surgical room, was on the maternity floor and I was not going to have it. So I took back my power. So another example is, uh, so somebody, I'll just, I'm going to leave out the details because so people have their privacy, but somebody had surgery and I had met with the surgeon about the surgery <clears throat> for this person. And I had said to the surgeon, look, I'd like to be able to go into the OR with this person and I'd like to be in the recovery room when they wake up and the surgeon said we don't do that and I said I understand you don't do that but I'm asking for that and we went back and forth and finally said okay and I was like oh so I got to go in when they were going before they went under <coughs> and then when it was time for me to go into recovery they wouldn't let me in I was like what 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 no I have an I have a deal I have an arrangement so I snuck in to the the desk of the recovery area by kind of coattailing it in to whoever was going in and then I proceeded to say look Dr. So-and-so said <coughs> I could be here so I'm here and I want to go back and see so-and-so and the nurse at the desk said oh no we don't do that We just don't do that. I said, listen, you can get the doctor on the phone. He made an agreement with me and I'm going to cause this to be this agreement to be honored. So you get him on the phone or I'm just going to walk back there and I'll find, I'll find so-and-so. Well, interestingly enough, the doctor who had made that agreement with me was standing behind a partition, chuckling at the whole thing. Finally, uh, he, he pipes up from behind the partition and says, oh no, she's correct. I did make that agreement. Let her go. And I got to go back with this person. I can't believe he, he allowed it to go on to, uh, to as long as it did. But anyway, so one last example. I made an agreement with someone for something. And they, they actually had volunteered to make the agreement with me. And I was like, okay. Then, you know, months into the agreement, they're like, yeah, no, we, we, we don't want to do that anymore. We've changed our mind. And I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, and it had to do with them. Just they decided they wanted to keep something of mine. I'm like, yeah, no, you don't get to keep my stuff. I, I you know, I, no, no, that's not how it's going to go. And I took back my power, even though they really tried to make me feel like a, a terrible person 
for wanting my agreement, the agreement I had made with them to be honored. So that's that was painful. At the same time, uh, you know, I'd have a different life if I let them keep the item they wanted to keep. So that gives you some ideas. I could go on and on and on with examples because I have a lot of experience with this. But I want to make a mention about domestic abuse. If domestic abuse is in play and you're in that boat, first of all, it's extremely common. It's like up to 25% of people end up in a domestic violence situation. You're not alone. And domestic abuse is all about power and control. This podcast is about take back your power. Domestic abuse is where an abuser takes your power. That's what it is. If you've never heard of or never seen what's called the power and control wheel, it's a circle, it's a wheel, I would look up power and control wheel, W-H-E-E-L. It's all over the web and it gives you, they have physical violence, they have non-physical, they have, you know, there's different versions of the wheel, the power control wheel, but domestic abuse is all about someone else taking your power. Now, typically, domestic abuse between 94 to 96% of the cases involve economic abuse. When economic abuse is employed, you are literally trapped. And even when economic abuse isn't at play or in, in play, you're often trapped because these people can be very manipulative and dangerous and they may have made veiled threats, etc. So my, my suggestion to you is if you're in a domestic abuse situation, you have lost your power. At the same time, Almost everybody who's ever tried to escape domestic abuse has been successful. You have to be safe. You have to be careful. You have to make a plan. You have to be patient. But eventually, you'll be able to take back your power and be free of that person. So if this applies to you, first of all, you have my deepest sympathy and compassion because I know it's the worst. It's like the worst. But you'll get through it. And the thing for you, if you're in a domestic abuse situation, and that's where you've got a loss of power, is to get to work on yourself. Really, really, like, make yourself front and center priority. And the rest of this podcast will be helpful for you. So the next thing I want to talk about before I give you some final suggestions is power struggles. So power struggles are those situations where... Uh, someone is trying to grab for your power or take away your power or, you know, might be resentful and envious of your power, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Personally, I don't do power struggles. I just don't. I'm the kind of person, thanks be to God or thanks be to the universe or thanks be to whomever, I'm the kind of person that people willingly give power to. I don't have to ask for power. I don't go looking for power. In fact, quite frankly, I'm not interested in, in power. I'm interested in doing my own little quiet life, which it has never gone it has never gone that way, even though that's what I wanted. So I don't have to like grab power. I, I don't have to do that and I don't do that. Now when someone has tried to involve me in a power struggle, I'm not going to do it. So for example, I was co-leading a a position with someone back in the day, not in college though. And, um, this person that I was co-leader with was doing a power struggle, was doing a power grab. And so I confronted them about it and they were like, well, yeah, I'm like, well, here, take it. You can have it. You can do it all by yourself. I'm not going to do that. Well, they weren't, they weren't unhappy with that. They were actually okay with that. But then we had to, I had to kind of resign. So in the resigning of my position, the leadership body said, nope, nope, we're not having that. And I said, well, guess what? I don't do power struggles. You can't force me to do a power struggle. I can actually leave this position. You can't force me to stay. And I don't do power struggles. So they finally said, okay, well, 
how about if you stay on board and be on some calls while we coach this other person? Would you at least stay? Would you at least stay for a certain period of time? So I don't leave people in the lurch. I don't like ditch my commitments lightly. So I said, sure. And so I was on a bunch of calls and, and everybody was clear. I'm not going to engage in a power struggle. No, thank you. No bloody way. No bleeping way. No blah, blah, blah way. I'm not doing it. And you can't make me. So they did work with this person. It was very interesting. And then they came around and got that person sorted out and said, okay, we think we've got them sorted out. Would, would you stay? So I said, well, let me talk to them and let me just talk to them and see if they're really sorted out about this. And if, if they are, yes, I will. And if not, then no. So it, you know, it worked out, but it worked out because, um, that person got the support that they needed to look at their own issues about why are you trying to, you know, do everything when you, you're co-leading a project. And I was fine with, you know, you take it, take it and have it. I don't care. I don't care. So it was me taking back my power. Now, oftentimes when there's a power struggle, uh, which happens everywhere. I mean, it even happens in families. And I, I'm just, I'm not, I'm so not a fan of power struggles. Like, it's just, I, I'm, I'm, you know, you can do a power struggle, go ahead. And sometimes maybe you have something that's worth struggling for power for. And if, and that's, if that's the case, go for it. But I, I don't, I don't usually see that. Sometimes the core issue is jealousy, envy, or resentment, in my opinion. In my opinion, that's often a, a source of it. Irrational thinking is also frequently a source of it. And, um, you know, you can do power struggles. Go ahead, be my guest. But I'm definitely not a fan of them because I don't, I don't see the value. Um, but if you, if you see the value and you want to do a power struggle, go right ahead. But power struggles are where people lose their power. And it's helpful to know if you're in one. It's helpful to recognize if someone's trying to take your power. And sometimes people won't, like, try to take your power by uh, doing what you might think. They might try to take your power by drilling a hole in your boat or character assassination or starting a nasty rumor or saying untrue things. I mean, there's lots of different ways people can try to chip away your power. And sometimes your power, like... I love people. I love, if you, if you haven't figured it out, I love people. And that, by the way, is one thing some people can't stand about me. They can't stand that I love people the way I love people. And some people can't stand that I'm happy. No, literally, people have told me that to my face. And it's, and it's okay. But it's where some people who aren't self-aware will then try to take action to kind of take me down. They're going to take me down because how dare I be so happy or how dare people love me so much or whatever. So you can do power struggles if you want. Don't recommend them, but hey, it's your life. It's your choice. So I want to give you some, hopefully this so far, this is like making sense. You can see where, you know, this happened to you or that happened to you or, or whatever. And you could see or feel, you know, you have this loss of power. And it could be that you've never felt power, in which case I really hope you're going to hunker down and listen to my next, I have 13, 13 suggestions for you, for you to take back your power. And if you've never felt powerful, this would be the a new day for you. So if you've grown up, which is common, this is common people, common, common, common. If you've grown up and you could be 20-something, 30-something, 40-something, 50-something, 60-something or older, and you've never felt powerful, you've never felt your own power, it's time. Like, why not? Like, you could make today be a defining moment where you're going to start to take back your power. So number one, self-care. Self-care needs to be part of your routine every day. Make it fun. Make it enjoyable. Like, first of all, people, it's amazing. Like, you want to make everything fun, but you could make self-care fun. <laughs> Number two, it's helpful if you establish clear, clear boundaries for yourself and for your life. 
I understand that some people listening to this podcast are not going to understand what do I mean by boundaries. I'm sorry, you'll have to go look it up because this is not the podcast about that. Although boundaries is on my list to do a podcast about someday, but it's been on my list for a very long time. I have very clear boundaries, very, very clear boundaries. I know what they are. Boundaries, by the way, are limits that you won't go like you know, like you already heard, I don't do power struggles. No, I'm not going to do a power struggle. Why should I? I don't see why I should. I'm not going to work for somebody who's not nice to me. I mean, I have lots of boundaries, lots and lots of boundaries, clear boundaries, and they're healthy boundaries. So for you in taking back your power, it's helpful to have clear boundaries for yourself in your life. Number three, self-compassion. Most people are too hard on themselves. Some people know they're hard on themselves and some people don't really know they're hard on themselves. I was hard on myself for a very long time until I realized, oh, I could, it's, it's from my inner critic and oh, I could tame it, which was a whole novel, like novel idea. And I do have a podcast on self-care and self-compassion and I do talk about my journey to tame my inner critic and how helpful my kids were. Number four, build your self-esteem. If you have low self-esteem, there's nothing, there's no time like the present to work on building it. Trust me, you won't regret it and it can be done. All right. Learn assertiveness skills. Well, that's not difficult to do. There's books on it. There's just learn assertiveness. That will be wildly helpful. Next up, put happiness everywhere you can in your life and learn happiness skills. Yes, happiness involves skills, people. If it didn't involve skills, guess what? Like everyone could be happy at any moment, but, there, but there's lots of reasons why people aren't happy. I do, I do have lots of podcasts that will help you with happiness, including a three-part crash course in happiness. So put happiness everywhere you can. That will help you take back your power. Next, grow your emotional skills. As we already talked about, I already said, emotions can be a huge reason why you lose your power. And growing your emotional intelligence and growing your emotional skills will make life so much easier. Absolutely, without question. Life is hard. There's no doubt about that. Having emotional skills will make life easier. Next, I recommend you build a team. Don't do life alone. I mean, you can do life alone. I mean, I'm single, but I still have people on my team, people I can count on, people who know what I'm up to, people who support what I'm up to. Build a team and go on an amazing journey. And if you don't have people to have put on a team, then you can listen to my podcast or look at my YouTube videos about making friends. It's time to build a team and get going. Next, I recommend having a reward system. Why? Because change is hard. Nobody likes change. People run from change. People flee from change. Change is hard. So you want to have a reward system to keep you on track. And I have a podcast about that. My next suggestion is that you learn to control your mind and your thoughts. Listen, that is possible. People have done that since the beginning of humanity. It's been written about since the beginning of humanity. And there are lots of actually different ways you can learn to control your mind. I do have a podcast on that topic. But there's lots of ways you can do it. And it's wildly helpful to be able to be in control of your emotions and it's very helpful to be in control of your mind and your thoughts. Next, healing. Healing is always powerful, valuable, and wonderful and you know it might be time for you to do a little healing work. Next up, I recommend building optimism skills. Optimism is different than positive thinking. And sometimes when I say optimism, people think of, well, positive thinking. Positive thinking is kind of surface. Optimism is more of a mentality and a way of living, in my opinion. So I'm not talking about positive thinking. 
yes, positive thinking is better than negative thinking, no question. There's books and books on that topic. Yet optimism is different. And I'm suggesting for you to take back your power, optimism will help you. It will help you in all kinds of ways. And I have a podcast about that. And lastly, I recommend no matter what you do, that you take the high road. Always take the high road. You know, you want to maintain your character. You want to maintain your dignity. You want to maintain your um, your integrity. And sometimes when you've had a loss of power, sometimes you might react and take actions that would not be taking the high road. And I'm not a fan of that. But anyway, so that gives you the idea for taking back your power. So here's your takeaways. It's time to recognize that you do have an internal source of power, whether you've ever had access to it or not. And you can take actions to take your power back. The second way, second takeaway is that there are so many things that can cause you to have a loss of power. And that's reasonable and normal. But you can get on a journey of self-discovery, personal growth and development with people. Yes, take people with you. Make it fun and amazing so you can take back your power more quickly, on the spot, in a moment. My call to action, and by the way, like I'm a fan, I'm a diehard fan, if you haven't figured it out, of having fun and being playful. I have a podcast about that. So, you know, if you're going to take back your power and you might need to learn some skills, I mean, I just gave you, you know, a bunch of different skills and areas you could work on, make it fun. Make it like crazy, crazy fun. And you will never regret that. Then you'll be talking about it for the rest of your lives. So as far as my call to action is, it's time to get on the road to growth and development. I request that you share this podcast so that the people you care about can take back their power because that's amazing. That's it. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 97, Take Back Your Power. I hope you found this valuable. I hope you're going to find ways to take back your power and make your life amazing. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you don't miss one because of course you wouldn't want to miss one. Please enter my giveaway on my website. Let me know if I can do anything for you. Hang in there for now. Love you. Bye.